This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Inside Public Health is brought to you by CCA Health Rhode Island. Commonwealth Care Alliance, or CCA, is a multi-state integrated care system influencing innovative models of complex care nationwide. CCA's Uncommon Care Model focuses on sustainable and evidence-based healthcare breakthroughs that improve the health and well-being of people with significant needs and is consistently recognized as one of the best models in the country at identifying and serving traditionally hard-to-reach individuals. CCA is excited to bring uncommon care to Rhode Islanders with a range of Medicare Advantage plans. Learn more by visiting commonwealthcarealliance.org backslash Rhode Island. Hi everyone, my name is Samita Mazumdar. I'm the clinical director here at Commonwealth Care Alliance Health, Rhode Island. I oversee the care teams here for Rhode Island, Massachusetts. And this is Inside Public Health presented by CCA Health RI. And this will be our last episode of the year in this series, which has really been a great profile in specific issues and some of the people around critical elements of public health here in the state that can be extrapolated well beyond Rhode Island, that's for sure. Today's conversation is something that I think it impacts a lot more people than a lot of people realize, and that's seasonal mental health. And really just starting with the basics, just talking about from your standpoint and from a from a clinical standpoint, some of the symptoms, warning signs, things like this that, that people struggling with depression or other mental health illnesses may present especially here as we're now turning towards the cold months. Absolutely. Um, And it's a known fact that at this time of year and through various seasons, our moods and our mental well-being can change, Um, especially in the winter months. If we think about the months become darker, it's colder, we're inside more often. It's especially hard for folks who live alone particularly um, older adults who have limited mobility or can't get around to see people or don't have access to the means to see folks. Um, So some things to really look out for, for a seasonal affective disorder, um, some things that look a little different than depression. And what that means is you feel sad most of the day. It's taking you away from those activities and the joys and pleasures that you have. You're sleeping a lot more than you used to sleep, what your average sleep looks like. Your appetite changes. And this is one that's really particular for the winter months. Your cravings change in the sense of you want more carbs, you want more high fat foods, things that aren't healthy, but those things result in your mood. They result in your low energy. And in addition to that, um, can cause weight gain as well. Um, There are things, though, um, we we can do to navigate. Um, There are five things in particular. It's really simple. If you keep these things in mind in your day, in your week, whatever works best for you to help navigate the feelings that you have. One is getting more sunlight. So we do have some sunlight hours in our day in the winter. So how do you soak that up? Simple ways of doing that is maybe opening the blinds, stepping outside for a few minutes, just letting the sun hit your skin. Um, it'll make a big difference in the day, in the week, in the month. Um, other things um, I talked about, like the cravings we have, right? So we crave the unhealthy things. They feel warm. They feel comforting. But those are the things that really do tire us. There's ways to get more protein-rich foods. And that can start with 
foods that are dairy products, but if you're not able to have dairy products, you can consume yogurt and milk that's made out of almond milk or oat milk. Um, but certainly dairy products are great too because they contain the vitamin D that you need. Fish. So if you eat fish, that's a great way to do it as well. And then there's protein-rich cereals that also have um, vitamin D. So that's another great way to kind of incorporate um, healthy eating and vitamin D. And the last three things are being active. So that could be taking a walk inside the house, walk by the windows where the sun is shining in. If you have access to um, the neighborhood, walking through your neighborhood or a shopping plaza or a mall, a little bit of that movement will make a big difference. Keeping your mind busy as much as your body busy is also important. Um, hobbies like maybe Sudoku or doing a crossword puzzle or reading an article um, or reading a book. They keep your mind busy and keep you engaged um, in a different way. And then lastly, if you're at the point where you really do need some help, you can get help. At Commonwealth Care Alliance Health Rhode Island, we have team members here that do support folks. Your provider can help you as well, too. So those are some other ways um, that you can really take care of yourself and take action. And thanks for that. It's really good stuff right there. You know, it's important to remember depression can be experienced by anybody, but there are definitely certain populations and demographics that are more vulnerable. So I guess let's talk about something that we've certainly brought up time and time again here in this on this series uh, on the Inside Public Health series, and that is social determinants of health and the impact that they have on someone's mental health. It's as much of an impact as on any aspect of health. It is, um, and it's important to know that anyone can struggle with mental health illness, depression in particular. Um, but I think the more vulnerable populations are really those that are those folks who are living alone, um, those who have maybe chronic conditions, substance use. Um, and one thing that you don't always think about is those that don't have access to the basic things, having a place to live, having food to eat, people to care for you, um, being able to get to the places that you want to go or need to go. Those are um, certainly other areas and populations that are more vulnerable. What do you think it is from from just from an expertise standpoint that makes this time of year, here we are mid-December, the holiday season, however you want to put it, particularly yeah. challenging for many people? Because some of the stuff is superficial at a certain level. You'd say, well, what does the holidays have to do with someone's mental health or what does you know, that environmental factor have to do? I mean, it, on, on the other hand, it makes perfect sense why it would drive someone's mental health in a certain direction. Talk about that a little bit if you could. Sure. Happy to. So there's a few things um, that I think of um, and that are known. So things such as stress. Um, that's one thing. And so how does that play into this time of the year? It's a busier time of the year um, with shopping or maybe you're becoming more anxious because it's the end of the year and you're thinking about your finances um, or you have people coming to see you or vice versa. You're alone. You don't have the people that you saw before in your life. Um, so loss is another area of certain um, stress for folks around this time of year. And then um, that pressure, the constant pressure of wanting to do and needing to do. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about the stress aspect first, and then we'll talk about loss and pressure. Um, when it comes to stress, um, it really consumes you. It consumes your body. It consumes your mind. 
it is natural. Some stresses is natural to have because it allows you to take the next step to manage. But some stress can really impact your overall well-being and health. And that can cause symptoms like headaches, more prominent headaches, you know, sleep issues. Either you're sleeping too much or you're not able to sleep. You feel tense. You're not able to do the things that you want to do because you feel overwhelmed. And um, sometimes you feel sad. You feel grumpy. You feel like this isn't a good thing for me because it's taking over my day-to-day or my week-to-week. You can manage it. There are ways to manage it. We talked about some of those things around um, mental health and seasonal affective disorder, but they're the same. Here, you can get that exercise, learn relaxation techniques. There's very simple things like box breathing. You take deep breaths in and deep breaths out for a couple of minutes, and that can reset your mind, reset your body as well. Um, finding the things that you enjoy. Um, I love listening to music. So music can be uplifting if you find the right tunes, the things that work for you. Um, but the other things that also impact folks around this time is loss. When you don't have the loved ones around you or the people that you care about, it can be really challenging. So finding ways, again, through the things that you enjoy. Um, one thing that I think is really helpful um, if you are someone who's gone through loss, um, is the people around you that know that. And if they just reach out to you, it's very simple. Send a text message. How are you doing today? What are you doing today? Make a phone call. That little bit makes a big difference for folks who are alone, um, particularly around the holiday time. And then the pressure. So we talked about holiday seasons can feel very pressurizing for different reasons because of the stress, because of the loss. Um, But it's also important to acknowledge and recognize that you don't have to be your perfect, happy, joyful self every day. It's okay to have moments where you need some time to feel and allow yourself to feel. So I think those things are important reminders um, and things to remember as well. All right. As beloved Rhode Islander, our director of the Department of Veterans Affairs, Kasim Yarn, often says, it's okay to not be okay. It's yeah. a slogan that he's put out there, and it's it's an important one. And you have a guy who is, in that case, this hulking, you know, figure of, you know, just like alpha in, in all ways and putting that out there on a regular basis. And I think that that's something that we all, uh, in terms of the bully pulpit, that's a message that I think has gotten across. And that brings me to my next question, which is that there's stigma around therapy. And there isn't stigma around going to the dentist, going to the optometrist. There isn't stigma so much about going to your primary care physician. For some reason, therapy has this unfair, unfortunate, unreasonable stigma around it. And it delays or altogether stops people from seeking that type of medical help. Talk about ways to address that stigma. Sure, Billy. Uh, stigma is an important factor in our community. It's something the healthcare community and the public should talk about. It shouldn't be something that we keep in our back pocket or hide. Um, there are different types of stigma. Everything from the stigma around us, the people around us, how they see us, how they perceive us. Um, it's the stigma that you feel inside. You feel like you're a burden to others. Um, gosh, I'm ashamed about how I feel and what's happening with me right now. And then I think an important stigma to recognize and acknowledge in our community is the stigma of culture. Culture has a huge impact on minority and ethnic groups because of their lived experiences, 
how they've accessed care before, how they felt when they were accessing care, acknowledging and bringing those things to the surface makes a big difference because it allows you to then take the next step forward to seek treatment or to seek care or um, even to acknowledge that it's happening. What does treatment look like in this space? Yeah, treatment varies. I think it's important to understand that it's about the person. It has to be unique to you. It has to fit what's happening with you in that moment in time. At Commonwealth Carolines Health Rhode Island, we really take an active step in helping folks. So our teams of uh, mental health clinicians, community health workers, what they do is they will go out into the community. They'll visit folks in their homes or out in the community spaces or provider offices or they'll call you. They take time to conduct a screening to help them understand where you are in your mental health journey. Um, And then in turn, that leads to determining the right solution. What's the right fit? But an important piece to that is also um, to be able to make a big difference and to be able to make a change, you have to be ready. You have to be ready. And that's why it's really important to make it unique to the person because it has to fit. It has to be the right thing at that right time. Um, And certainly our team can also equip folks with the right resources in the community as well. You know, Rhode Island is a small, but like, as I like to call it a mighty state, we have a lot of great people in the community that want to help others. So that could be part of that too, or connecting them back to their provider um, or to other providers in the community as well. This is a very, very real thing here in Rhode Island. It's not exclusive to Rhode Island, but boy, you know, you think about Rhode Island and obviously it's not exclusive to Rhode Island, but there's, we have an environment where from, I don't know, May through October, there's so much going on on an activity level, music festivals, golf, hiking, Mm -hmm. hanging out in parks you know, events downtown, you name it. There's so much happening outdoors. And of course the beach and kayaking and everything around it. So it's a, it's a, the Rhode Islander goes through this very dynamic up and down in terms of exposure to sunlight, exposure to community, exposure to passions. And then just by nature of the beast, somewhere around this time of year, a lot of, if not all of that stuff is long gone and we'll see you next year and we'll see and you look at the calendar you're like, wow, this is a months long journey that I'm on right now. It's very real and it ought not be ignored or stigmatized. And you've done a great job today of laying out facts around this entire space and how people can sort of recognize and move forward from it. So thank you so much for this because I think this is one of those topics that Everybody knows no one wants to talk about or not enough people want to talk about. And if it doesn't impact you, you're one of the lucky ones. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for giving me time and allowing me to take folks through the journey and hopefully little bits and pieces people can put into their pockets and use when they need it.